Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. What is up, Russian Nation? Welcome to episode 83 of Five Yard College. And oh, do we have a bumper episode for you today? It's not just me, it's not just Ash. We've brought George back. We're doing a mock draft, and guess what? Tom's back, and all. Let's start with the OG himself. Tom, welcome back to the, I suppose, control deck now, man. How are you doing? Hi, mate. It's um, it's all got a bit futuristic in my time away. <laughs> we've got a countdown, we've got graphics. Ash is as beautiful as ever. It's all beautiful. It's uh, it's been a hot minute, sir. Everything all right? You're in. Yeah, not so bad. Not. Do you know what I was thinking today about? We saw each other in October, and that feels like a lifetime ago already. I still, yeah, about four months, man. It's zoomed past. Absolutely zoomed past. In that time, your new beloved Georgia Bulldogs are now national champions. So congratulations for that. Indeed, it was um, it was a strange one for me because. There were times this season where I was I was literally relying on highlights, and and I feel like certainly earlier on in the run, I could have dedicated a bit more time to watching them. I say I could have done. There was literally no time for me to do that. But <laughs> it would have been nicer to have been to have paid a bit more attention, and and I became one of those uh, one of those fans that I was uh, moaning at in the past. You know, the ones who were just just picking up the SEC championship game and the playoffs and watching it there, but. You know, Kirby's Kirby's been close a few times and he's he's finally got there and I did not expect Saban to lose on the biggest stage, but there we have it. It's it's difficult to beat a team twice, is, is what I think happened. Kirby was smart enough to uh, get the job done on the second time round. George, you're almost perennially attached to the podcast now. It's only been a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we did need to have some Pac twelve love for the mock draft. So welcome back, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, like you said, you said mock draft and I was there. Even <laughs> even when you said Ash were coming back, I still came. You know what I mean? Because I love a mock draft. <laughs> I think I think that's how we hooked Tom in as well. We said mock and before we'd even said draft, 
He was there. He was I, thought we, I thought we were spending an hour on mocking Ash. That's why I said yes. This is my podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it is off the rails already, Rush Nation. <sighs> Ash, we've Hello. made it two weeks in a row, my man. I know. Co-pilot in this one. And you are driving this with the uh, PFN mock draft machine, right? Yeah, I am. So good luck to all you guys with me in control of the, the technology. I usually just get asked to, to bring along the, the info, but now I'm actually controlling it. We could be in for some danger here. Well, you're doing both. You're going to be controlling the, the mock draft if you're watching on the video, and then you're going to be providing the information for the audio listeners who have stuck with us through this incredibly strange and wild season at times. So if you are still listening on the audio version, thank you very much. Right. We've got a list. We do. Somehow I've managed to get with the number one overall pick. We're doing one round today, right, Ash? Yes. Yeah. Single <laughs> rounds, no trades. The order is set. As of last night, um, so obviously the final four picks are still technically TBC, uh, but it's based on on the um, NFL site on on where the final four teams that are still in the playoffs are, are currently ranked. So almost a full house, and uh, I think it will be uh, entertaining. As mock drafts always are, obviously me and me and Tom and you guys all got involved a bit last year, and we we enjoyed them a lot last year, and it's uh, it's the start of the draft season for us now and i think a mock draft to officially kick it off is uh it was the best was the best call so yeah absolutely and i mean before we before we get anybody at us on twitter because tom's back we should have given him the number one pick ash did a random wheel and it just so happens that there are the yeah. no picks for tom and the jets and ash and i both got our team's picks so yeah. make of that one <laughs> wheel. it's random i did a spinny wheel it's fine <laughs> If it weren't random, I would have made... Actually, no, I wouldn't move myself first. Cause I wouldn't have got John, to John have you seen this this wheel that Ash is talking about? Or... I don't even know the one. Is it a myth to you, I don't know. But I did, if, if Seattle did have a first-round pick, I would have got them as well. But obviously, the Jets have got that. So... Yeah, it's this just one straight... person that's missing out. <laughs> straight away, I'm questioning what's going to be happening at pick number 10, because surely, George, you're going to be bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got enough picks, you're fine. Well, I suppose we should we should get on with it, boys, because this I've no idea how long this could take, and uh, it could get wild real quick. I mean, it's not going to be wild past the first pick. If you listened to the pod last week, you know where I'm going with this one. Ash, is the machine running? Yes, up, ready to go. Okay, well, this one's going to be real simple. The Jacksonville Jaguars at one are going to do everything they can to protect Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to be taking. As long as it, uh, Evan Neal, Alabama offensive tackle, boss, job done. Protect the golden boy. Leave from the front. Any quibbles, boys? Zero. Nah. Zero quibbles. No, none at all. We spoke about it last week in the in the top one hundred. I don't think uh, you can have many complaints really. Well, that one he's he's one of the uh, one of the guys that are up there as a, as the potential number one. And, and like you say, they need to keep Trevor Lawrence up. He's there. He's their man for the. For, for the foreseeable future and getting themselves a well one of the well the best tackle in the class to to try and keep him upright. I think they need a bit more than just Neil, but he is a <laughs> solid foundation to to start it off with, really, isn't he? Absolutely. Nothing... I mean, it, it, you can you can become a playoff team without an all line. I mean, just look at the Bengals. Yeah. But I mean, Joe Burrow going down nine times in 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 the playoff game at the weekend. It's just every time he goes down, you're thinking, has the knee gone again? So Jackson will yeah. need to need to learn the lessons that Cincinnati haven't learned yet, and yeah, get get yourself a tackle. 
Yeah, definitely. And Neil's like Neil's a bit of a freak of nature. What is he six seven, six eight, and he moves like he's a six four edge rusher at times. He just, but he's got the power to back it up. His blocking game is is phenomenal, and I think he's gonna make an instant impact if he does end up at the Jags or wherever he does end up in April. Day one starter with ease. He's dominant from the outset. Well, that was easy. George, you're at two, and you're picking for the Lions. As much as I would like to pick Kayvon Thibodeau for the first Pac-12 player off the board, it's it's got to be uh, Maiden Hutchinson. You know, it's um, keeping him in Michigan. You know, Detroit. But I think he's a better fit for for the Lions as well. Of Kayvon Thibodeau with the system they play, and we've all seen what he can do. He's, he's bullish. He's, he's he's big in that um, on that end, defensive end, and he will cause havoc, which the Lions need big time in the backfield. It's 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 the perfect pick for for a team that have that need and and as you say keeping him at home state is it works perfectly although I would have, I would have picked Thibodeau because I think he's the better edge rusher overall it, it works well yeah like I said I think um, I love Kevin Thibodeau I think he is the better edge player but I just think in Hudson is a better fit. For the Lions, not just because he's keeping him in his home state. I think he's just a better fit for the system that they play. Obviously, they do have four fronts sometimes, but most of the time they do play a three-four. I think he'd be perfect for that over Cave on Thibodeau. It fits with the whole culture change that Campbell's going for in Detroit as well, doesn't it? You know, Hutchinson, you know, as a home state player, leader of that Michigan team. I think from an off-the-field perspective, it makes as much sense as it does on it. Yeah, definitely. And he's still got lot lots of room to improve what he's shown this year the technique and the talent that he's already got but there's there's also still room for improvement there and he's gonna he's gonna walk into the the lions defensive room and and people are going to expect him to to lead from the off which i think he's probably got the right attitude for it not to be a negative for him but at the same time it's gonna have a lot of pressure on him being a high pick and 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 stepping in day one to be essentially the leader of the front seven in particular because you look at the Lions defense at the moment and there's not there isn't anyone really there that stands out so he's going to come in as a big name and it's going to be a lot of pressure but I think he's I think he's up for the challenge and and like I say there's still there's still room there to improve on 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 some of the issues that we've seen because they're they're issues that you can iron out through practice and through through learning they're not fundamental problems that are going to hamper him at least in my opinion anyway Tom Kevin Thibodeau please <laughs> number one number one player in in our top put 100 and these first three picks in both both the mock drafts that I've ventured for the site so far this is the order that it's been and I'm not saying it's a lock but I, it, those three those top three picks just make too much sense to me so when it comes to the Texans there are needs everywhere what are they going to do at quarterback that's you know the the, the great unknown at the moment but the, Kayvon Thibodeau's not not falling past the Texans in this situation no way I think um, it'll be interesting. Like I do agree with you with the top top three as like the top players at the moment. Obviously, we all know free agency is going to be a massive thing, and there's some big edge players in free agency this year. You know, like people like Von Miller, and um, I think um, I think the Saints um, defensive end. I think his name forgets me. Is um, um, Cam Jordan? I think he's free agent as well. Mm-hmm. There's some big there's some big ones, and it'll be interesting to see if anyone pick up any free agents that way and then attack other positions at top. But obviously. As it stands at the moment, I, I agree. They're, they're the top top three best players, and they should go either. It could go any order. The top three. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like you've got to 
you can't look past those three uh, realistically, like like you've both just said, like we've all said. Uh, and it's a toss up between any of them. And like Tom said, Texans have got so, Texans have got so many holes that <laughs> you just you just plug anyone in, and they're going to be an instant improvement. And and Fibido is, yeah, I mean he's off the charts in terms of if I, if his athleticism alone, and then you add into it the the pass rush that he already possesses, and again another like well like Hutchinson, he's still got room to improve, but he's a dominant edge already. So instant impact for for the Texans. And the last time the Texans were, you know, trying to build something up from from the ground up, started with JJ Watt, and then it, and then it went from there. So you know, I think Texans fans will be hoping that that the, the two point starts with Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. On to me right. at pick number gentle, four. Please, Ash. Be I will. Gentle. I will. I had a couple of decisions in mind and I was expecting both players to still be there and they are. And I think I'm going to go with not only our top 100 consensus, but also I think the player that I would personally take here at four for the Jets, regardless of where we had him in the top 100. And that is um, Carl Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. I think you look at the Jets at the moment, what do they have as their safety? Will Parks, is he their starting safety at the moment? And there was there was guys coming in off the street by the end exactly. of the season. It was it was a shambles. The, the Jets' defense and their secondary in particular are, have, like Tom just said, there have been a shambles. It needs improvement now, and Hamilton is a player that can step into the role and be that improvement from the outset. He's got the the smarts. He's physical. You can see he dominates and leads. You know, he led Notre Dame from the back, from the from the defensive back, and just his athleticism across the field, getting side to side, back and forth, diagnosing plays before they happen. He's one of the best safeties I think we've seen in a long time. Maybe he could be one of the best safeties we've seen in the modern NFL era. He's that good. He's got that much potential. And unfortunately, he's going to be wasted on a Jets defense, but you can't pass him by at number four. I think you you might be right with that little cheap shot about being wasted on the Jets' defense because <laughs> it's such a simple defensive scheme and and it's the front four get pressure and the defensive backs are just athletes. You know, there was the Jets were spending day three picks on essentially track runners. You know, people yeah. who can try to stick with the wide receiver. So so Hamilton's ability to get up in the box and, and, and disrupt things that way, we might not see the best of that should he land on the Jets. But I think a lot of Jets fans have, you know, safety PTSD with the Jamal Adams situation. The difference between Hamilton and Jamal Adams is in coverage, it really isn't a contest. So, uh, no. well done, Ash. I, uh, you say that they're, they're very simple in their scheme, but I think Hamilton will change that just by the player that he is he's he's that good of a of a defensive back i don't think he would accept that from the from his from his from his teammates and you may not see a scheme change as such but i think he will demand improved performances from the guys around him and i think he can he can do it himself as well so we may see some improvements from the the secondary in particular and i think hamilton wherever he lands will will impress and it's whether He's got enough to uh, to push this Jets defense up a notch. So we stay in New York. It's my turn at five. The Giants are up, and I have absolutely no idea what to do here. I, I've not seen a lot of Giants football this season. I know they weren't particularly good. Anybody got any 
idea on Saquon Barkley's contract left? Because Daniel Jones might not be the guy to continue on for the Giants, but we're not going to pick a quarterback here at five. Last year was five, right? Was it Daniel Jones last year at five or the year before? Wait, he definitely two, went two, two years ago at two five. Years right ago, yeah, yeah the, the curse at five for the Giants is, is not going to continue. There won't be a quarterback here. Is it two years or is it three? I I been it been, yeah, he's been in a while. Saquon's still got a year left. They picked up his fifth, fifth option, so he's, he's so not. It was Saquon, Jones, Thomas. Yeah. And then who did they take last year? Oh, I can't remember any of their picks last year. This is I mean terrible. Dave Gettleman, there, there's your there's your job review. <laughs> yeah. Running back at two, Daniel Jones, Andrew okay. Thomas, and people we can't remember. Stocks, it's got, it's got I'd say it's, I'd say it's gotta be the line if you unless you're gonna go yeah, I, I I I think you've got to protect your quarterback and you've got to give Saquon some sort of chance because this year's performance was absolutely terrible. And I mean I for me, I think Maybe Kenyon Green from A&M here fits well with what they want to do and protecting that things. And I think he's probably best player available at guard. So I'm going to stick Kenyon Green from A&M in. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I wasn't going to give you a name, but I was going to say guard and Green would be the one that I would pick out of the uh, out of the guards that are available. I think he's probably the best natural guard. There's a couple of guys that are, that have played tackle most of their year in college that that are definitely going to come up later on in the, in the mock draft that I think are going to transition into a guard uh, when it gets to the NFL. But I think Green is the most well-rounded interior line or interior guard in the draft class. He's got the the right size, strength. He's got good technique already, um, and run game is where he really excelled for Texas A&M. His run game. Um, is the main thing for him. And when you've got a guy like Barkley behind you, even though obviously has had his injury issues, you want the best, uh, the best run offense in, in front of you. So I, uh, yeah, green, green would have been my pick as well. Nailed it. Okay. George, I, does it sick. where are we going? <laughs> I, w- I would, I would just say just before I go with the Panthers, I, I like, I, I don't mind the pick, but I like Ike McQuanu. I think he's, yeah. um, I think he's a, um, is an absolute beast, yeah. you know. And I do, I do hear what you're saying with the guards and stuff and everything. But it can flip inside, you know. I, I think it might be a little bit wasted there. But he has got versatility across the line. And he is an absolute mauler, and he'll be. And he's he's good in the pass game and the run game. But I Green is still a, a, a good pick as well, you know. Still a really good player. Yeah, that that was who I was alluding to. Um, as the Equani was the the tackle that I think is going to transition into guard. He played a little bit of time there at NC State, but. I think when he reaches the NFL, he, he, he will be transitioning into a guard full time. Panthers, George. Yeah, I know. Um, I know for a fact Ash ain't gonna like this, but I am <laughs> gonna go. I am gonna go quarterback here, and it is, in my opinion, still a quarterback number one. Um, Sam Darnold. Well, that experiment, obviously, we all know, absolutely went down the pan. So, as a best, as a polite way of saying it, um, but I'm gonna. I think Sam Howell's still QB one, and I and I think um, <laughs> although not at the um, <laughs> not at the um, best of seasons this year, I don't think it is is as bad as as what it's made out to be. He's got the deep ball, he's got accuracy. 
only shared a bit of rushing this year as well. And I know I can see Ash in the top corner. He's not happy. I do like Carson Strong, but his injuries, <laughs> his injuries just still worry me. I know there's been a bit of bit of bit of um report saying that it's not he's okay, but it still worries me a bit. And I like I said, I do like Carson Strong, but I still think even though Matt Carl's obviously high as well, but I'm I'm still all in on Sam Howell. I think what he showed in 2020 is 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 good enough and 2021 is not as bad. And I think he can do a better he'll do a left definitely a better job than um, Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong. I think this year has tampered his his expectations and his draft stock a lot. Um with without those weapons around him. Could we see the same at, at, at um Carolina? Um I would completely agree with you. He's a great passer. He's an accurate passer. He he's smart, and he has shown his athleticism and his his running ability when called upon. I, I like the I like the guy, and I, I liked him a lot before the start of, the start of this season. It's a bit high for me, um, as, as you well know, and you alluded to. But the move to get quarterback at, at, at the Panthers it is correct. Um, but yeah, I just. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think who who their who their wide receivers are. Who are who who have they got? More, oh yeah, of course, you, DJ Moore. I don't know if Robbie Adams is he. I don't. It just depends if they're any free inches. I, I don't think they're both are. They. You've got McCaffrey there. You've got some good good pieces. Yeah, know, like obviously Terrence Marshall. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Marshall. Well, yeah. It's worked out well so far, isn't it? <laughs> No, I, 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 yeah, I don't hate. I, no, I don't hate. I don't hate Howell. I think, but it, it's too high for me. Um, but it's the right pick for the Panthers getting a quarterback. Definitely fair enough. Tom, you're staying in the same, the right stadium, but the wrong team. You've got the Giants at seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my my perfect pick here at seven was uh, Equanu, but obviously with Green going at five, I don't want to go overkill on the offensive line. It's a difficult one. I'm, I'm trying to think about the the Giants players that are that are putting a lot of money against the cap because as it stands, not only do the Giants stink, but they're six million over the cap, so they're going to have to start shifting people left, right, and centre out of the building. And to be honest, the Giants probably need it. This is a tough one. It's corner or edge, I think, and I think that's just high value positions where you can get four or five years of relatively cheap service out of somebody. I think I'm going to go for uh, the Greek freak, George Karlaftis. And I don't like it because I was hoping he might slide a little further to get. <laughs> but yeah, high value position. I, I think I think a top 10 pick is, is a little rich for him based on his college production. And I also think he, he would benefit from being a complimentary piece to, to a more established rusher on another side. So it's not the best place for him, uh, but being a New York Giant rarely is for a college player. So, yeah. What do you think? Would The only thing I'm thinking, and like I know you said, it's, it's a bit too high for um, for Carl Loftus, but Tyler Linderbaum is really, such a good player. I know like not many centers go that high, but and I know you've got an offensive card. I can't put a centre as a as a top ten pick. I can't. But he's do it. so he's such a good centre. He's probably one of the best centres coming out of college. He's so good. Would you not be tempted? I mean, Nick Mangold was was a legendary centre, and the Jets did nothing. And Nick Mangold was great for 10, 12 years, but the Jets did nothing. It's just it's, the position just doesn't have the value. 
I love I Carl Aftis. Uh, I, I, lo- I love Carl Aftis. I think he's getting a bit undersh- overshadowed because of how because of how Hutchinson's played this year and the expectation on FIBA over the last couple of years. Carl Aftis is right up there with them. Uh, and uh, the potential is is equally as good as those two. He's he's got the size, he's explosive, he's exceptional in the in the in the run defense. I think he wherever he lands, he's gonna cause issues for offensive linemen straight away. And he is a top ten pick for me. Um regardless of, of who it is that picks him up, I think wherever he lands, he's gonna improve the team. There's a few there's a few issues with his overall game, but nothing that can't be can't be worked on. In, he gets a bit too high when he when he um, initiates with the blockers. But yeah, I think he's got as much potential as the two edges we've just spoken about, and certainly a top ten pick for me. And will instantly improve that Giants defense. The one thing I will say, it, but you obviously did mention the cap, is they have got a lot of. Uh, They've got a lot of edges and a lot of outside linebackers, haven't they? They obviously drafted two last year in the Jalarian Roach, and they've got Lawrence who fills in there, Williams. One I of those is going to have to cut bait in the, I in think, the offseason. I think Leonard Williams might be might be someone that they're going to look to shift. Yeah. I don't know what the dead cap likes on his contracts, but he's getting paid a lot of money to, to not be very productive. And I know Williams is more of an inside guy. I know that. But that was part of my thinking process that they've got to start shifting some of that. And I mean, Carl Aftis and Ojolari on the edge is is not a, a bad way to to start rebuilding that team. No, no, not at all. No, I think they complement each other really well. You've got Roach as the backup. You've got um, what's the other lad? The rookie they drafted last year. Um, the Georgia Bulldog is he's Ojolari. Yeah, no, not him. Not Ojolari. I just, I just said Ojolari. No, is they got another lad in the third round from Old Dominion. Uh, Zemines, him as well. He's still there. So they've got a lot of young talent. They can probably afford to move on the likes of Williams and maybe even Lawrence. How long's he been in the lethal now? Three years. So they could decide to keep him on for one more year as a backup and not take up his fifth option. We'll see. I like the pick, though. I do like the pick. I think he. I think he'd come in and, and compete for a spot straight away. Now it's on to me with the Falcons, and I, you. T- I was to be honest. I was leaning towards Carl Aftis with this pick for the Falcons. I thought he would still be there. Um, I don't think I want any of the other edges that are left available yet. Don't you do it. No, I'm potentially leaning cornerback or quarterback. Oh, God. But I don't think Ryan... I don't know. Is Ryan done? Or they, even if he is, will they get a quarterback this high and keep him there for a year behind him? I think... I know we're not doing trades, but I think the Falcons' phone is going to be ringing off the hook oh, I at think this so. point. I because think so. you know he's picking at 9 and 11. So that any any team needing a quarterback ringing at this point. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going for a quarterback. I am going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to take Derek Stingley. Best quarterback, quarterback in, not in the class for me. Um, yes, he's got his injury concerns, but he is one of the most complete quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time. Um, slight issues with his coverage game at times, but he has got an eye for the ball like nobody else. He's got good size, good speed. If he gets over these injury concerns that he's had, 
he's going to be a Pro Bowl cornerback for a long time. And Falcons are another defense that need a lot of work. And Stingley will come in and give them that instant upgrade. Is it just me that still worries about the the request to play at wide receiver? Yes. Yeah, it does. But I don't think, I don't, I, I don't know. I think that might have been just him deciding he was done at, at LSU and was mm. just wanting to do play for him, if that makes sense. If I'm, a, if I'm an NFL scout at the Combine, that's my first question. What were you thinking? Yeah. You, you know, after a, a, the freshman year that you had, yeah, year two was disrupted by injuries, but after the freshman year that you had, why do you want to change position? What what was going through your mind? Can he come into school as a two as a two position athlete? Yeah, he played both sides of the ball in high school. Yeah. yeah. Don't know. I think it was uh I think it was more him deciding he wanted to he he, he had enough. Well not had enough, but I think he he's shown that he he'd shown up as much as he needed to and it was that all stopped playing and the injury stopped him from playing anyway and we saw it declared straight away from that point on, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he was just wanting to have a little bit of fun before he finished college, maybe. But you are right; it is, it is, it will be in the back of some people's minds, and I can imagine he'll get a lot of questions about that when he uh, when he gets to the to the combine. It's a pretty formidable pairing with last year's rookie cornerback as well, whose name has completely escaped me. Didn't he have AJ Terrell? That's the one, isn't he? Didn't yeah. he have an absolutely unbelievable season this year? So yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be a very good partnership for them. And a, and a much improved because I think we, me and Tom, when we did mock draft last year, we mentioned the state that the Falcons secondary were in, and Terrell's improved that. And if Stingley does end up landing there, they've got they've got their cornerbacks locked up for almost a decade if they can stay fit. Absolutely, and that leads me to number nine in the Denver Broncos, and I'm just absolutely over the moon with who's available here. Carl Aftis would have been the absolute dream pick here, but. We left film, lost, lost Von Miller to the Rams, and and there's two two guys that I would take at linebacker here, at Devin Lloyd and Nakobe Dean. I don't think there's much in between them, but the way and Jordan, I'm coming to you because the way that uh, Devin Lloyd absolutely destroyed Oregon twice this year, I'm going to pick the athleticism, and I'm taking Devin Lloyd at nine. Yeah. Um... I can see um, some of his head in his hands, but there isn't really much between them, I and it's just it's going to come down to to what you prefer and um, what what fits your scheme, I suppose. And Devin Lloyd, for me, you know, like I know Tom might see it differently, but he just um, just seems to plug the holes better in the run game. Like I said, there's not a lot in it. To be fair, I'm not saying like he's it massively. I just I just like how fast he gets down to it. And I know Nakobadin flies all over, but sometimes there's a, there's a there's a method the method to um to his madness and uh yeah and it's, i feel like his coverage is just a little bit better but this might be me being biased obviously you can ask tom what he thinks about that but i do i, I do have him just over him but i think it'll just come down i won't be surprised if dean went first if it went to someone with a better scheme fit completely agree everyone who's mentioned that it's fine margins between the two of them it's absolutely right it it reminds me of the um the Devin Bush year. Who was up there with Devin Bush when the Devin the White? Devin White. That's the one. It, this is what it reminds me of, where it's a coin toss between the two, and it, it's purely coming down to SEC bias for me watching Nicobe Dean. But I guess one thing Devin Lloyd won't have a question mark over is that Georgia unit was incredible. And you know, for the for the top one hundred biographies, I've been looking at the individuals on the Georgia defense, and it's so 
difficult to evaluate just one individual because the unit worked so well. And to what extent was it that he was part of that machine that got him to that level? So I guess Devin Lloyd doesn't necessarily have those question marks that Nicole B. Dean does. Size. I'd be taking Dean, but I've not got too many problems with you taking Lloyd at nine. Size could potentially be a concern for Dean as well um, at the next level. He is one of the smaller linebackers when you look at him up against other linebackers in this class and linebackers that are in the NFL. I don't think it'll be an issue. I don't think it'd be a massive issue, but it is a concern I have when I when I watch him. He is a smaller guy. He is a smaller linebacker. How is he going to How is he going to do when he comes up against those bigger offensive linemen, NFL offensive linemen, and those big running backs? It's just something that concerns me more for Dean than it does for Lloyd. I think you look at Lloyd and he's got that size, he's got that power, but at the same time with Lloyd, he is not the quickest off the mark when it comes to change of direction. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched much individual tape on, on Lloyd Jordan. I'm sure you have more than more than the rest of us. But I do think at times that he can be a little bit slow to his change of direction and also just getting off the initial back foot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. It's a toss-up between the two of them. And I don't think you can be wrong at this position, whichever way you go, I think Lloyd's got the more long-term view in terms of what we've seen so far. And obviously, like Tom said, um, Georgia's defense as a whole was just incredible. Is some of Dean's game in that? Is it? Is it? Is it been more beneficial? It's been more beneficial for him. But yeah, I, I like both the guys, Lloyd's. I don't know. It's a toss-up. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Good to know. George, you've got Jets at 10 via your beloved Seahawks. Where are we going with number 10? Well, a couple of guys who I would really like here have obviously gone off the board in Carl Aftus and Stingley Jr. Um, I don't know if Tom's going to like this, but I am going to go cornerback still, and I still like Booth Jr. Still, I know a lot of people are throwing him in as the number one cornerback, but... Um, a Stingley still number one for me, but Booth Junior has been excellent this year. And uh, although he can get, could improve on his man coverage a bit better, um, I think he'll fit nice for Salah. You know, I think obviously Tom can shoot me down if he wants, but what I've seen of the Jets, I think they play a lot of press man. You know, like in certain aspects, and I think uh, Booth Junior. Although I prefer Stingley Junior, I think Booth Junior is still a nice second pick. But I would really have preferred Stingley and Kyle Loftus, but. Hmm. I so thinking from a what I would like to happen standpoint, the Jets desperately need to improve the secondary, and I wouldn't hate uh, Sauce Gardner here either at pick ten. I think he's worthy of of the pick there at ten. Don't have any problems with us with us taking him either. Just under Joe Douglas, the Jets haven't really given much respect to the to the cornerback position in the draft. I think the highest draft pick that the Jets had out there this year was um, Bryce Hall playing at, you know, uh, Virginia, went in the fifth round to the Jets and he was our number one. So the Jets desperately need a number one corner. Andrew Booth Jr. could be that. But history tells us that Joe Douglas just doesn't value the position with, with those picks. So from my perspective, 
happy. But I'm not sure Joe Douglas does the same, especially with somebody like Aquan who's still on the board. I mean, I don't think Mackay Becton is uh, is anywhere near as healthy as the Jets want us to believe. Interesting. The Washington <laughs> football team are delighted. And <laughs> um, that's uh, because they've got a quarterback, Matt Corral. Yeah, that's I it. That's the, yeah, from uh, if you sat there for him, easy pick, really, isn't it? Run, if, if we were trading, go. I'd have wanted to come up, Ash, for your uh, Falcons pick and take him there. Yeah, yeah, and to, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that happened because I think Corral was probably going to be a hot commodity in those top ten picks. He's got, he's athletic. He's he can run as well as he can pass. He's got an explosive arm. I, I'm very interested to see what he what he offers at the next level. I think he's still work to be done is a team like Washington the right team to go to if for a player like Corral I don't know we've seen it before Phil for with for a guy going there that wasn't quite ready but you, you can't you can't dispute the pick Washington need a quarterback he's the top quarterback for me in the class at the moment yeah I've got no real complaints if if we were doing trades and Ash wasn't available, Tom, I would have I would have gladly accepted a train with the Brock trade with the Broncos at nine because I was never going to go quarterbacks too high for me for Denver's needs, and I would have I would have snapped your hand off to slide back a few with both linebackers being there and the needs of the other two teams. So I would definitely have done a deal there, but it, it, I think it's a great pick for Washington. Like Ash says, though, it's been wrong before, so who knows. Who knows, but and you managed was... to talk about Denver and quarterbacks and not mention Green Bay's number 12. Well done. <laughs> well, I, I've just got this terrible feeling that we could be after Kirk Cousins and then it would be all mute anyway because there'd be no picks in the first round forever. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fair, no, fair comment. Hmm. Now I'm up with the Vikings at 12. Am I not? It is me, isn't it? Yeah. I'm struggling actually here. I think I think Edge is the way to go. Um, they've got Patrick Jones, obviously, who they took last year, and, uh, and they've got Sheldon Richardson, who who has, has played there for a lot this year, as well as obviously in, in the defensive tackle. But apart from that, they've not really got anybody. Kalaftis Kal- would have been great, as would obviously Hutchinson and Fieberde. Is this too early for a Joba? That is my only concern. Is it going to be? Is it? A wasted, well, not a wasted pick, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Is, is it too expensive? I don't know. Looking at their roster, I think Edge is the most obvious improvement that needs to be made. Potentially cornerback, but they have got Patrick Peterson still. They've and they've got Cameron Dantzler, who they took last year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with, uh, David Ajoba from from Michigan for for the Vikings here. Maybe a little bit early, but I mean, he has shown almost as much as Hutchinson this year and throughout his career at Michigan, what he can offer. He is devastating when it comes to the pass rush. He has an engine like nobody you've seen. He just runs and runs and runs. He never seems to look tired. He's got the speed. He's got the power. And he has been a little bit overshadowed by just how well Hutchinson has played this year. But I think looking at what the Vikings have got at um, at got at defensive ends, 
it's a it's a it's a real area of need if it is maybe a little bit expensive. I, I don't think it's expensive. I think if Hutchinson hadn't had the year he'd had and Ajabo did a little bit better, the the shoe could have been on the other foot and we could have been talking reverse roles reversed. And I think if that's what you desperately need for the Vikings here, I don't think you've overpaid because you're going to get position of need filled. And that for me stings a little bit with the Browns up next because they possibly do need some edge help. So that has that has shoehorned me into another direction. But before we get to the Browns, anybody else got anything on a Jabo? His, his raw talent's incredible. Yeah. I just think if Daniil Hunter's gone, you might need someone that's a plug-and-play starter day one, and I'm, I'm not sure he's, he's quite that yet. But if you could, if you can mould his talent, then I think you've got yourself a, a, a solid pick. You know, right now, 12 does look expensive, Ash, but if you develop in, into the player he could be, nobody cares that you took him 12 overall. Yeah, so we, men- we mentioned the Browns. They are up next. I've got them. And they needed some edge help. It's this, uh, possibly a little bit too expensive now. They need some wide receiver help, boys. So we are going to be looking to the offensive side of the ball. And as much as this absolutely pains me to say, I'm going to stick my favourite boy in here for the Browns. Now, Jarvis Landry is a possession receiver. We all know that. Beckham's gone. They don't need a speedster because Baker Mayfield can't really throw the ball that far. So I'm going to stick a guy who can go and win it on the outside. I'm going to stick my number one receiver from this draft. And I don't want this to happen in real life, but the Browns will be taking Drake London from USC. I think he can put the team on his back as long as Mayfield can get him the ball. And I don't think he's the diva that Beckham was that clashed with that Brown staff and personalities. So I'm gonna, it's going to be Drake London. And I really hope the, the injury means that he, he's back to full health and, and can show what he showed at USC in Cleveland. It's, um, it's definitely a nice pick for, for Baker Mayfield. You know, he's a safety blanket, Drake London. Just, just throw it up for him and he'll grab it. You know, I, I wouldn't mind Garrett Wilson here, you know. Like, I know I know what you're saying about Baker Mayfield not being able to throw it that far, but I think Garrett Wilson's a, a threat on all three levels. And um, I think he'd be, um, like you said, with Landry, maybe potentially... Who knows what's going to happen? And then the rest of them, there's not much there. I just think Carol Wilson would have been a good pick. But I don't hate Drake London either. I think I, I love both. And they're my one and two wide receivers. And I'll have them in any order. Yeah, I think we had a we had a, a bit of a discussion about the wide receivers a couple of days ago in the chat. And it's it's a toss-up between four of them. London's my one. And I think I, I've got to agree with you. I think he would be the best fit for... Baker and for the Browns, he just reminds me a lot of Evans. Um, it just the big play potential, the end zone threat is. I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to be laughing if Drake London rocks into town with him if he's over the injury, which I think he will be. I think we would have probably heard something by now if he was if he was struggling. But he's uh, he's got great hands, he's got the speed, and like I say, big big play and, and red zone threat is is there on on every play basically. And I hate it because it's the Browns that have got him. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> In this draft they have anyway. <laughs> George, you're up. 14, the Ravens. Yeah, and um, I would have I would have liked David Ajabo here because I think it's an ageing defensive line, you know, for for um for the Ravens, you know. So and I would like I think you a few of you mentioned, you know, his ceiling's ridiculous high. If he can put it all together, he's gonna be an unbelievable talent. But it's probably made it an easier pick with him off the board and um, obviously <clears throat> protecting 
Lamar, you know, and, and obviously opening holes in the run game. And Ikamakwanu's it, it still there. I thought he might have gone by now. And I think it, it does make more sense for this pick. I think David Ojabo would have been not something they desperately needed. But yeah, I'm going to go Ikamakwanu. I think he's um, an absolute bully in the run game and the pass game. And uh, and we know how much protection um, what um, Lamar Jackson needs at times. So yeah, Ikamakwanu for me. Yeah, I, I like this pick a lot. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I think he will transition into guard when he gets to the NFL just because of his size and, and his the way he dominates, he dominated for NC State in the run game in particular. Lamar's going to be loving that and so are the running backs behind him. He's he's strong. He he moves people where he wants to move them. It, it's crazy. Sometimes it's like he's... He's just not. He's not pushing anything. He's just walking forward with a player in his hands. Yes, it's going to be a little more difficult when he gets to the NFL, but I, I, I think he's going to be an instant. Put him into guards. He's going to start day one, and he'll improve. He'll improve them straight away. Who have they got at the moment? They got Kevin Zietler and I don't know who their other starting guard is. I know they they took Ben Cleveland. To, I'm just looking at because I, I must have. I didn't know. I've just pulled yeah, up the uh, bench and it's Ben Ben Powers. Ben Powers, yeah. Okay, so his, yeah, I think he starts over Ben Powers from the off, and then obviously Zietler, and that line looks a whole lot better with uh, with with him in place. So yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of that pick, uh, and I'm surprised he's he's gone as low as he has done. I'm in a bit of a sticky wicket here with uh, this next pick. Is <laughs> um. There's two players that I'd love to take, but I don't want to say too much about it in case it influences uh, the next pick because because obviously it won't be me making it for the Eagles. Oh, wow. Right. It's a toss-up. Defence or offence? Um, do you know what? The playoff game has, has, has changed my mind here and it hurts me to say it because one of my favourite players has, has been sort of muscled out of the way. Um, Jason Kelsey has a lot of questions to answer after his performance against the Buccaneers. And so uh, now it's now it's time for a player like Tyler Linderbaum at centre to go off the board. So I'm going to take Linderbaum to Philly. I was hoping you wouldn't because that was going to be my pick. <laughs> I, I love I love Linderbaum as a centre. He's he's yeah he's um he's clearly the best center in this class by a long way it's not even close in terms of him to the next center and he's probably going to be one of the best centers we've seen come in in a few years he's strong he's athletic he's a great interior blocker and obviously he's yeah he's going to improve he's going to improve from Kelsey I agree with you I think the last couple of years we've seen a decline from Jason Kelsey um and no more so than in that playoff game like you said Tom I'm just a bit annoyed that you've taken him because that's made my next pick a whole lot harder. <laughs> I believe in you, Ash. I know that somewhere in the universe we're on yeah. the same wavelength oh, and, know. and you know what the pick is. Do you know what? I don't think we are. <laughs> Actually, no. Do you know what? I don't know if we are, but I'm going to go with what I Yeah, I'm going to go with what I'm hoping you have, you were also thinking, but... I'm now talking myself out of it, so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with Ahmed Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. It's not, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Well, <laughs> it was. It is. It, it's it for me. I think Ahmed Gardner 
I'm I'm a big fan of Gardner. I think he's he's right up there in the conversation um, behind behind Stingley and behind Booth. And what he has done on this Cincinnati defense stops me. And you've spoken about this on a number of occasions. He had he, he didn't give up a touchdown in in college. Yep. He he never gave up a touchdown, regardless of who you're coming up against. That's mightily impressive. He is an incredible talent when it comes to the cornerback position. He's got great size. He's got great speed and agility. And his 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 coverage is is incredible. He's got. I think he's one of the best. Co- we've got one of the best coverages coming into the NFL in this whole whole draft class. Yeah, it might be a tad of a luxury pick considering they have obviously got Stephen Nelson and Darius Slay there, um, but. I think it's. I think he. Th- those guys are both aging, and they need some fresh blood in this in this secondary. Who were you? What were you going for, Tom? Then I'll. I'm not going to say because I'm. I'm now okay. thinking that. I'm now thinking that I've got the next pick for the Eagles, and I, and I oh, do hold hope that he'll still course, be there. They've got three when picks, he, aren't they? <laughs> when he's off the board, I'll tell you. Okay, okay. I, I like the Ahmed kind of pick for the Eagles. Um, like like you say, his coverage. I know Eagles play a lot of man. Man coverage as well, and he's he's unbelievable. He's got, he keeps up with some of the fastest players in college. He's going to be absolutely fine. Then I know you mentioned Slayham and uh, Maddox, but I think Armagana could be the number one. I feel like Slayham, Maddox, like you say, are aging more more number two cornerbacks going forward, and I think Armagana could be that num- number one. So I, I really like that pick. Well, that leaves me at seventeen with the Chargers, and I am in a quandary. We're not helping you this time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we could be here a while. I... All, all three Chargers fans are screaming the same name at you, Stocks. <laughs> well, if, if they want to help me out, like get involved, let me know. Because I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know where to go here. A guard would have been great. Yeah. So it's a three. It's a three-four defense in need of someone in the middle of it to stuff the room. Do you reckon? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I mean, keep talking out, boys. This is really helping. Do you not? Do you, uh, I still like Jerry Tillery. I know he's not had the best of starts at Chargers, but I still like him. And I think, if anything, it would be. I wouldn't you want someone alongside Bosa? Is there anyone of value at this point to go alongside Bosa? Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I'm just look. Think, actually, no, you're right. No, I think not. you've got a little bit of versatility from Demarvin Leal, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking to my man the bulldog for this one. You want a proper defensive tackle? Yeah, yeah, runs. No yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you know what? Mm, I don't know. I think they've got bigger concerns elsewhere. I would still... Uh, do you know what? I would be looking at cornerback, actually. Looking at what they've got. They they picked up a Santi Samuel last year in the second round. Who have they got apart from him at cornerback? Is Mike Williams going to hit free agency as well? Do we think he's likely to hit the market? I think so. Oh, stocks. See, now you've yeah. got a luxury of choice. Now you're going to have to pick four players with the number 17. Yeah. Well, that's what go. I'm saying. Is it, it is... We're giving you a defense. We're giving you a defensive tackle, cornerback, and wide receiver. Yep, perfect. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> well, I, given Justin Herbert the weapon, Garrett Wilson would clearly be the pick here. Like George said, 
danger at all three levels. DeMarvin Leal, they've got him at six here. Is that a value at 17? Will he help like stuff in the run, like Tom says? And then do we go and, and find a corner a bit further down? But there isn't anyone here that is it's a little bit high. And I want to take DeMarvin Leal because I feel the values there. But now if... if no, 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 do you know what? Let's just give Justin Herbert the weapons. Let's get Garrett Wilson in at the Chargers. Let's fire up that offense and see what happens, baby. That could be a beautiful thing. Uh, Herbert and Wilson, if they, if they get together, people are going to be in trouble. That would be an incredible partnership. That really yeah, would. <clears throat> yeah, no, you're I mean, right. It's not, like, it's not like this weekend at the playoffs has been absolutely dominated by great defense. <laughs> but who needs defense? <laughs> Do you know what as well? Wilson, probably probably one of the best route runners in this class, along with his after-the-catch play as well. We've seen Herbert get the ball where he wants to put it, and Wilson will be there every time His his with his, with his route running and his quickness and just his overall intelligence when it comes to the wide receiver position if this was to happen yeah i don't think i don't think anyone would care about their defense because those two would just be connecting all day long before you even take into consideration the the running backs and if william stays and if keenan allen stays and whatever else they've got uh, on offense there's there's plenty of time to adjust and address the rest of that need but we, we've fired up a, a serious partnership there. Before we get to 18, the Saints, George, will be picking for them. Rush Nation, this is going to go long. Don't know whether it's going to be a two-parter yet. Who knows? The video is going to be, you know, Lord of the Rings-esque. It's going to be an absolute monster. But we're here for mock draft season, baby. George, over to you at 18. I think it's definitely going to be a two-parter with me thinking about what the Saints are going to do here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It's not great. It's not great. It's not a great organisation to be in charge of, is it? Because um, no, obviously, like cap base, it's not. <laughs> so obviously, I'd, I'd clearly be looking at wide receiver here because I look at the wide receiver options and it's like, it's like there's nothing there, but there's no one to throw the ball either. You know, really. You know, um, obviously, we'll see if they, I think Jameis Winston ran a one-year contract. Am I right? I'm thinking that. I'm, I'm, so I don't know if they'll. Retain him, and obviously you've got Taser Mill there. Trevor Seaman, I know they took Ian Book, but it's, it's, it's really yeah, we've, we've seen what he can't do. Mm. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't really like it, but I just look at the wide receiver room, and it's a it's a start to making something happen there, and it's it's, it's not the greatest wide receiver room, and I'm just going to have to, I know. I, Tom's going to hate this, but I'm going to have to take Traylon Burks, you know, for, no. for the Saints. <laughs> but um, I, even I don't like it, Tom. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it What's he done to upset you? But there's, oh, Traylon Burks catching passes from Taysom. I could, oh, I could, no. Like, obviously, I could go, I know they're one of these defensive tackle, but I just, I know Deviving Leo's up there, but I just, I look at Deviving Leo, and he's a good athlete and stuff. I just don't. I don't really know what to do with him. I don't know where where to, where to play him on on the Saints. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. I don't like this pick, but I'm, I'm going to have to take Trail on Burks. I'm sorry. I just feel for him. Uh, I think wide receiver is there. Obviously, ignoring the obvious, I think wide receiver is probably their biggest area to improve right now. Um, I, I yeah, I, I I like the pick. 
for the Saints. I hate the pick for Burks because <laughs> me and Tom, me and Tom were in love with him last year. It's only got it's only in, improved this year. Um, he's yeah, he's ridiculous. Just massive <laughs> in all in, in in every way. He's a big lad, great in the air. He's got great hands and. Yeah, he uh, he, he's 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 a lot quicker than than you'd have, you'd expect from a from a guy that size. He yeah. might be catching some, you know, 65, 70 yard touchdowns in the games where where Jameis plays in between <laughs> three interceptions. I don't know. Oh, they no. might there's, there's, there might be a quarterback out there that they that they pick up that they might get a bit of, for a bit of a bargain. Who's who's a accurate passer and is probably going to be going in the second round. Have they got a second round pick? Must I think be. so. Must do. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon they'll be just fine. Okay, my guy's still here at nineteen for the Eagles, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't uh, fess up. It's Nakobe Dean, Georgia linebacker. I think um, he's not quite going to be the replacement that Philly needs on the defensive line, and, and I really did give thought to Demarvin Leal. I would have absolutely no problem, and I know it was me that took Linderbaum, but I have no problem with Philly just going three defenders here. So it, it could easily be Demarvin Leal, Sauce Garden, Nicole Dean. And I mean, if you can get three day one starters in one draft, I think you could revolutionise your team. But for me, I don't I don't think Nicole Dean can fall out of the top twenty. I think he's twenty in our top one hundred, nineteen here. I think it's really good value to get Nicole Dean nineteenth overall. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like the pick. We spoke about it. Um, we spoke about him when we were talking about Lloyd. Yeah, it's a good pick, and like you say, Eagles need help on the defense on a couple of areas. So I don't think we can you can go wrong with that one. And, and like you said, I don't think you could have go wrong could have gone wrong going all three defensive players. So who's Ash, up next? You've got the Steelers. I have got the Steelers. Yeah. Mm. And Ashley's okay. favourite quarterback still on the board. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it won't. It won't be him, unfortunately. Um, he's not. No, my... no, you're making the pick here, don't you? I know I'm making the pick here. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> you've got the it's... power. I have got the power. Yeah. Um, don't ruin it for everyone else. I won't ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> it's got to be quarterback, really, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Roethlisberger's gone. I think that's quite evident from what we saw in the playoff game and the the last game at at Hinesfield. And I've got to stick with my gut when I did my initial rankings and go with my number two quarterback because the number one quarterback for me at the moment has gone off the board. And that is the guy who's going to be staying in state, in town, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. I, I just think he is more than capable of walking in as a day one starter than a lot of these quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft class. He's great in the pocket. He's got great deep ball. He's intelligent. He already seems like he's a leader on and off the field. I just look at his tape and everything I see from him. He is, I think he's the one of the most ready to step in and start straight away yeah, maybe his his overall potential is not as incredible as a couple of the other guys here. But a team like Pittsburgh, with the players they got around them, 
they're not far off of still being able to compete and they need a quarterback that can step in straight away. They don't need a development player on their hands with some of the players around them getting on and, and potentially only having a couple more years left. I think Kenny Pickett can step in day one and be that starter. Completely agree. You look at the weapons he had at Pitt, they weren't you know, the trophy lifting names that we know of wide receiver like some of the other teams have, they're still on the board here and then you give them the weapons that, that he may well still have at, at Pittsburgh no one knows what's happening with Juju but Deontay's still there Claypool's there they're, they got the running back as well Harris oh, Harris yeah, Harris, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a great move keep him in state he's played there obviously with Pitt as well and uh, I think it's I think it's a top draw move I don't like it no <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sold on him. I just, I just, it's just something about him that I just feel like going into the next level. I just, I think he's more of a college, college quarterback, and he will offer some. I, I think I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I just don't think he's a starting quarterback, and he's going to be 24 years old when he throws his first ball. I don't know. I might be wrong. I just, there's something that's just putting me off him. You probably see more than him and me, Ash. To be fair, but I just something I don't like. I just, yeah, I, I just think he's more ready than than the other guys. Um, while at the but at the same time, isn't gonna be the guy who's the most flashy. I think he's the safest of the options, if that makes sense. And I'm going for safe for the Steelers. <laughs> Mason Rudolph not safe. No, I get out. <laughs> Haskins, he's the future. Oh, let's get this train back on track before we get right off the rails. At 21, the New England Patriots are picking. Oh, d- how is how is he still there? How is DeMarvin Leal still there? I, yeah, crazy. I, I want to pick him because the Patriots do have a need here, but they also have a need at safety. And Daxton Hill is unbelievable with what we saw him do this year at Michigan. But I don't want him to go and be a disciple of Bill Belichick and get even better and dominate from the safety position in New England. But I think it, I think it fits better than, than the defensive tackle with Neil. So I'm going to take Daxton Hill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him to the New England Patriots. I'm terribly sorry, Tom. <laughs> it's not too much of a problem. Until it does become a problem because <laughs> you know that uh, Bill Belichick hits on on his picks in the secondary more often than not. I, I, it just for, to me, it's just a, a such a New England pick. It, it the, the silence is deafening. It, it nobody's got anything bad to say about it. It's just a New England pick. It fits right. Let's move to twenty two. The George, you've got the Raiders. This might um, get a bit of people talking. Well, you're free talking here, but. And it's going to be a pick that you're not going to see much of early on. But later on, it's going to be a good pick. And it's, I know he had his injury in the, in the championship game, but I'm taking Jameson Williams here already. I think, obviously, with Ruggs leaving, they've lost that off the top, over the top threat, you know. And we've seen what he can do. And like I said, it is a risky pick. But I think we've seen people come back from from the big injuries like ACL injuries. And I think. And like I say, it's obviously we might not see him until middle of the season, but and it is controversial, I agree. So I'll take all the stick from you three guys second, but I'm taking Jameson Williams. The Raiders taking a speedster from Alabama. What could uh, yeah. 
do you know what? If it wasn't for that narrative, I would have no complaints with the pick. I I I, I like I love Williams. I'm I'm bitter that he left Ohio State, but at the same time, if he hadn't have done, we wouldn't be talking about him right now because there's no way he'd be playing like he had done in Bama, and that that showed for his time in 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 Ohio. I think in three years he picked he catch caught six passes or something like that. The, the 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 injuries are concerned, but like you say, people come back from ACLs and not miss a beat nowadays. It's not as concerning as it, it used to be. This guy is is a big play waiting to happen whenever the ball gets near him. So yeah, I don't hate the pick, but yeah, we've seen uh, as, as as Tom said, we've seen Bama Bama speedsters at, uh, at Vegas before. Maybe it's a Derek Carr thing. I don't know. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay, Tom, you're back on the clock. 23, the Cardinals. Yeah, the pick's already in. Charles Cross, uh, left tackle, Mississippi State. Um, DJ Humphreys is in a contract year. He's 29 in the coming coming season. Um, So that gives the Cardinals the ability to either see if Cross can can shift over to right tackle or the eventual replacement there at, 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 the, at the most important position on the offensive line. And, and for me, as a pure pass protector, if we're judging on that, Cross is the best pass pass protector in, in, in this offensive tackle class. Um, you probably could make the argument that he, he might be wasted should he get shifted out to right tackle. But people said that about, um, oh, your man at Detroit. you got to help me here, kids. I'll pay so of course it is, Penny Sewell. Yeah, that top blue chip prospect <laughs> from 12 months ago. I've forgotten already. Uh, Penny Sewell getting shifted to right tackle. People said it was a waste and, and it's worked out great for, for him by and large. So, yeah, I think we might see a year across at right tackle and then shift over to left depending on what they do with Humphreys. Yeah, I love I love Charles Cross. I'm right there with you with, with this guy. He is, um, yeah, he, he looks like an exceptional talent. One concern I do have um, and I'm hoping that he has got the the smarts to to learn it and overcome it quite quickly. Is run blocking, obviously Mississippi mm. State air raid air raid offense. It's not played a lot of reps as a run blocker, but he looks to have the the potential to for that not to be an issue. I think he should be able to pick that up quite quite easily. And and like you say, yeah, maybe a year at right tackle, then transition to left tackle could do him a world of good because you're right, he he may not be a starter if he was uh, if he was to be the left tackle in year one but if he play him right if he plays right tackle he should be a day one starter and get that development early you're on the clock ash 24 I those am. Dallas Cowboys the Dallas Cowboys yeah so uh, there's a couple of areas that I initially looked at when I when I put myself down as the as the the Cowboys First off, and probably the most glaring for me is safety, but I'm not the, the two safeties that I would personally take around this sort of area and or and or higher are gone. I think it's a bit too early for, for Brisker from Penn State. Um and then you've also got defensive tackle, and now to Marvin Leal, who we've mentioned a, a number of times now, is still sat there. Somehow he's still sat there at what pick twenty four, and I think it'd be crazy for me to ignore him for the Cowboys. I think he would be an instant upgrade over Gallimore. Is it Gallimore who's their yeah. starter? Um, 
so yeah, he he can't slide anymore. DeMarvin Leal is the pick at number 24 for the Cowboys, which no one's going to like because no one wants to see the Cowboys picking up a player like Leal. But Leal's, Leal's crazy. He He's he's played in 4-3 and 3-4 as a tackle at an end. He's got crazy power. He's explosive. He he causes problems whenever he lines up a, a lot across the line. So, yeah, he could... Uh, he could prove an immediate impact for, for, for the Cowboys. That makes my decision very easy for the Bills at 25. I'm taking Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. I don't really know what the Bills need apart from the list that I've got in front of me. I would have taken a running back if this was fantasy football because the running back situation there is bad, but Josh Allen vultures everything. Tom, is this a good move for, for Jordan Davis, the Bills, and, and the Georgia prospect? It's uh, an absolutely terrible selection for my team and my precious quarterback who was hit far too many times. Um, I mean, looking at that Bills defensive front, they are able to get pressure. Um, Whether or not he's a scheme fit, I'm not entirely sure. If memory serves me correctly, I think Buffalo primarily run a 4-3. But... Jordan Davis is is the sort of player that is, has got to play nose tackle, one tech, right right on the centre or there or thereabouts. Um, and what he's able to do is he's able to, to get pressure up the middle against the run, but also he's, he's able to help pockets collapse. And when you've got somebody like Gregory Rousseau on the edge and Boogie Basham's played a, a, a little bit of time for them off the edge this year as well, I think he can really help those 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 guys on on the edge of the line find find the gaps because he he just makes pressure. He his ability to to bully his lineman and also just take him take his lineman with him when he's when he's going towards the running back is incredible. The amount of guards or centers that he's just taken with him on his way to 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 the ball carrier is superb. And I think if it was if it was Demarvin Leal, I'd be saying it's it's a home run because he's got that uh, positional versatility that maybe a Gregory Rousseau has. But Jordan Davis, I mean, the, the one concern for me is how much time he spent on the field. You know, we're looking at somebody who played half of Georgia's snaps. So he's, he's very much a situational guy. But there's depth on that Buffalo defensive line, so maybe they could use him well. Good. Good to know. I think it was nice to come to you for the Georgia breakdown. And obviously I would have liked Leal, but he went and and maybe maybe Davis was the wrong pick there. But it was it was pressure. The clock was ticking and it got the better of me. George, 26. I don't think Coach like, McDermott will be too displeased with your stocks. Well, he thanks, loves, his, he loves his big boys. Yeah, I don't yeah. I, I don't think it's the wrong pick. I think I think if Leal was there, you'd be laughing. But I think Davis would I think Davis would, would fit in well there. I think he but I do agree with Tom. Maybe an issue with the scheme fit and an issue with Davis as a whole with the amount of football he's played, but there's no denying the talent this kid's got. Okay. Thanks. Titans, twenty six, Jord. I know what um position I'm going here and um we saw like a at the weekend with the Titans where they just struggle to get them. Obviously they've got AJ Brown and that's Julio Jones is clearly not himself. I don't know if they'll keep him on 
again. So they have AJ Brown, and that's it really as a target. I'm going to go Chris Alave, but I know he's very low down on the rankings here, and um, we've got um, we've got so many Georgia players here, and so we've got some uh, maybe back me up. It'll be interesting going forward to see interviews and the and the combine with George Pickens because we saw how good of a player he was. And obviously the injuries put him a setback. But if he can prove to people that he's over his injury, you know, like and he's an unbelievable wide receiver. So I'm, I am throwing that in there, but I am still going to go Chris Alave because obviously we're, where we're at now, we haven't seen the combine. But George Pickens is one to watch, but I'm going to go Chris Alave. Still a fantastic player, Chris Alave. And he will he can line up anywhere along that line. And um, he's, um, and I know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like saying that he's, He's nowhere near the level of uh, Garrett Wilson. And I see the point, but I still think he's really good. I think people are, because he's been around so so long, he's stayed back an, an extra year. People are, are putting him down and stuff, but I, I just think he's still a really good receiver and he, and he would be a, a good fit for the Titans to, to go alongside AJ Brown. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think you're wrong to take, a, to take him over Pickens. There's too many question marks over him. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you as well. I think um, Alave is he's got the he's got the ability to play on the outside, but he's also got the ability to play in the slot. He's an incredible route runner. Um, there's some issues with his size overall, but I think we've seen him overcome that in college, and he's one of the more complete wide receivers for me here. And slotting into a to that to that Titans offense alongside Brown and, and having Tannehill throw the ball to you, I think would be a great fit for him and for them. Is it is it just me that thinks that the Titans might be a, a sneaky team to look out for for a quarterback? That's a yes. No, I mean <laughs> what how what's Tannehill now? He's got to be 32, 33 now. So I'm, I'm maybe thinking, I'm thinking we could get a bit of a Trey Lance situation and, and Malik Willis could find himself in Tennessee spending They've got the, the luxury. year they looking have and learning. No, yeah, they, they potentially have the luxury to do that as well. I think their 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 roster as a whole is 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 good. There's if there's only a couple of areas that you'd look to improve, and even those areas are they really in a in a bad way? Yes wide receivers probably that one if Julio Jones isn't going to be coming back or or can't come back you are just stuck with AJ Brown and then uh, a few young guys around him and, and and maybe some free agents I think that's probably the only other area they might well be looking at quarterback because there isn't anyone behind Tannehill if he gets hurt and he also is getting on and like you say someone like Malik Willis can easily sit there for a year and, and develop his game and, and iron out those kinks that a lot of people have seen Behind an incredible quarterback on a on a on a playoff team, it's me with the Buccaneers now, and and I know they need a running back, but I, I haven't got a running back with a first round grade. Uh, the defensive tackles have flown off the board uh, in terms of particularly Devarvin Leal. Um, obviously Chris Godwin's a free agent. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, but. A little bit of recency bias now for me, and and Carlton Davis getting burned on on that um, on that Cooper Cup touchdown. I mean, it was just it just yeah. Let's let's get a cornerback. So Kyrie Lamb, Florida. Yeah, cornerback. And that's, you know that's that's a pick just for Murph. You know, Florida Gator <laughs> going to the Buccaneers. 
you know, after Georgia winning the Natty, he has to have something to smile about. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, quarterback, quarterback was the was the one here for me. I think, like you say, I I haven't got a first round grade on on any of the running backs in this class um, either. And as, when I look at the roster, it's, it's wide receiver, and um, well, I, I say it's wide receiver. It's wide receiver if if um, if Godwin goes. Um, and and their, their situation isn't so bad, you know. No, exactly. No, I was looking at Tampa's cap, and I think they're looking at about 20, 20 or so million. Now that'll that'll quickly disappear because JPP, if they bring him back, is going to need paying, and Damakong Sue, Ryan Jensen. There's, there's a lot of people to pay. But I would imagine that that their cap situation would be more disastrous than it in fact is. Mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think you're right. Packers, it's me. It's, yes, it is me, and it's the one that I really haven't looked at at all. So this is a completely on the fly selection here, and there's a few directions I could go. What's going to happen with Rogers? What's going to happen with the wide receivers? A lot of the areas on defence need help. <laughs> uh, this is a really tough call. Um, they avoided... Did they? Yeah, they didn't take a wide receiver last year, did they? They avoided wide receiver last year, to the surprise of many, I believe. And I'm it not going to... Be, it seems to be a yearly thing for the Packers. It does, doesn't it? And... <sighs> Am I going to do that? Am I going to do the same and avoid the Packers for a wide receiver? There's no linebacker. I think linebacker needs help, but after the top two guys go, there's no one else with a first-round grade for me. There's not a wide receiver with a first-round grade for me left either. Bell's not. Bell's my next guy up, but he's not quite there. Wow, this is horrible. I really, I'm really struggling with this pick. It I might feel any better mine at... at uh... 29 for the Bengals is as clear as glass. <laughs> well, you're getting, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I'm looking at it now. How old is he? Okay, he's not as old as I thought. Um, I'm going to go for a tackle, an offensive tackle. Oh, I'm going to take... Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> hate you right now. I'm going to take Trevor Penning from Northern you son Iowa. of a... Because... There, like I said, there isn't a wide receiver with a first-round grade left for me. There isn't a linebacker with a first-round grade left for me. You it's, just want to, you just want to see Joel Burrow with I, no legs. Well, I do, but at the same time, I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at both of the the tackles for for Green Bay. You've got um, David back back to Raya. I can never say his name. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari, and then another guy who is their right tackle. I don't know who he. I don't know who that is. Um, so I think tackle a uh, bit Billy Turner. Yeah, I think tackle is the most obvious choice with Penning still sat there and me not being too impressed with. I didn't say too impressed. That's the wrong word. But there's no there's no other areas of need with a round one. There's that's round one that I want to that I want to reach for. So I'm going to take Penning in the tackle. He's got a lot of room to to grow in terms of his, his overalls, but he's got an incredibly high floor. He's strong. He's got a great frame. And I think, and he's athletic enough already to, to, to have some involvement with time to develop behind, behind those more experienced guys for a year. So apologies, Bengals. 
Apology accepted. On behalf of Joe Burrow's short career in the NFL, I would like to say thank you for your playoff run in 2022. Um, <clears throat> it, wow. Okay, are we brilliant. saying thanks for the memories to a two-year quarterback? Yep, well, we I definitely mean, are. It's, it's just his legs. There's no one left. He's, he's gone. Um, nah, hang on, there's got to be. No, 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 not, not in the first round. You're right. Thank you. Okay. From the list in front of me, safety is a need for the Bengals, lads. Is this correct? My my NFL yeah. knowledge is completely zero this year. I think um, Jesse Bates is on his way out, isn't he? I think he's, yeah, he's he is. hitting the market. Yeah. He's quite good, Jesse Bates. So, he's... all right. Of, of Jaquan Baker, Jaquan, Jaquan Briscoe, and Lewis Sign. Yeah. Who's the who's the better safety boys? Come on, help me out. We're taking a Brisker. Brisker for me. Are you going to believe the Big Ten fan? <laughs> and are you going to believe the Georgia fan? George, who's the better safety out of those two? Like, <clears throat> I do. I do like Brisker, and I, I don't. I'm going to have to pick Brisker because I've seen more of him. But in the in the championship game, I did. I do want to go back and watch more Lewis Sign because he was someone that just. I, I think I said to. To Ash when we did the top 100, that I, I totally missed him off because I hadn't seen much of him and stuff and everything. And, I, and luckily, Jordan Battle went back to school, so he's a put Louis yeah. in there. So I've actually seen a lot of him. But what I did see in the championship game, I'd love to go back and watch him because he looked like uh, he looked. He had a fantastic game and his his speed to get up to to make tackles and stuff and read the field. I don't know if that was just a one-off game. Obviously, Tom will tell us more, but he, he looked he looked really really good. He's not afraid to hurt someone. I'll say that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Last year, what you'd know Lewis seen for was that was that ugly hit on uh, Kyle Pitts in the in the cocktail party game. And I'd, I'd God say he's matured this year, and he's he's a better, mm. more more mature, more well rounded player than he was. Hamlin Hart stocks. Jaquan Brisker is a better talent. Signers, 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 a great tackler, and he is he is an aggressive player, and I do like that about him. Tom, me, me and you had a lot of discussions last year about aggressive players and, and my, my love affair for them. Mm. I just think Brisk Brisker's the more well-rounded safety at this stage. Um, and, I, and yes, I have seen more of Brisker. I, so I obviously will have that. But he just he's he's a very intelligent safety, much like, um, like Hamilton. Not quite on the same level, but he can he could Brisker could get all over the field, make plays. He's very good at reading the quarterback from what I've seen. So I just think he's ready now. I think Sign maybe needs a little bit more time. Well, we as an organisation in Cincinnati will take ready now. And Jaquan Briscoe, welcome to the championship. I'm gonna, welcome to the Super Bowl winning Bengals. Stocks, the city of Cincinnati aren't there to welcome him because they're, they're travelling up to Green Bay with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> Do you know what? It, I I can't say I'm not going to say I hate Cincinnati because that's a lie. I hate the Bengals. I love Cincinnati. <laughs> because, but yeah, I just I can't get behind you saying Bengals and Super Bowl. That makes my skin crawl. So let's quickly move on, George or the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously Trevor Penning's gone, but this guy is a. I, do, I don't know. I, I love to see hear your guys' takes on this. It, it's, it's definitely a little bit of a reach by having early second round grade on him, and um, 
I think he's been slept on a bit, really, to be honest with you. I think he's, he's been fantastic for, for this team in college, especially this season. And we know how much Dolphins need some help on offensive line drastically, you know. Um, and but I'm going to pick uh, Kentucky, Darian Kennard. I really, I really like him. Like, like I say, he's an early second round grade. I've got him. So, but and he might be there when the Dolphins come back round. I think they've got an early first round, second round pick. But I'm, I'm going to pick Darian Kennard. So, like I said, it'd be interesting to see what you feel about that pick, lads. But I really like him. I think he's a fantastic tackle that's been slept on. Really fantastic in in protecting and um, in the run game as well. Yeah, do you know what? I think one thing. I, I I do think he'll transition to a guard when he gets to the yeah. when he gets to NFL. Um, yeah. Just because of everything I've seen from him, um, but I I love his I love his talent. I love his potential. He's he's really good in the sort of in the gap schemes, the the zonal um, the zonal schemes. His size. Do you know what? It's quite surprising when you watch him on tape. For a lad that's, what is he, 6'5", 6'6", and touching 350 pounds, he moves incredibly well. Yeah, in the run game. Yeah, Yeah, in the run game. He he moves incredibly well. Uh, The run game is where he's going to thrive, definitely. Um, And those play-action pass plays, because of his his athleticism for a a bloke his size, I think is going to be is going to be a real bonus for him, but I do see him at the at a guard at the next level. I don't know what the guards. I don't know what the guard situation is like for the Dolphins. We've got um, um, Robert Hunt, who's played a little bit of tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Jackson, he was a he was a first round reach when they took him. Yeah, a couple of years from ago. USC. Yeah. He, he's been kicked inside. Liam Eikenberg's out at tackle. He's he's uh, shown some promise. I I think if you're going to bring him in to play at guard, I I don't think there's too much of a problem there. But you know, if you're bringing a right tackling, you've got to remember you've got a left-handed quarterback in too. And and I'm not entirely sure, particularly with uh, what we'll call a a stout base for Darian Canard as a pass protector. I'm not quite sure he's he's, he's got that for Tua. If you were to kick him into guard, it, it looks like a more solid pick and. By all accounts, the Dolphins seem happy to 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 run with Eichenberg another year and watch him develop. Yeah, big fan of Kinnard as a talent, though definitely. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if they do move him in to uh, to the inside. I just think everything that I've seen from him and history of players like this shows that that's probably where he's uh, where he's mm. gonna where he's gonna end up. And you know, as we've, as we've reeled off those names, you know, the Dolphins are always more than happy to to put resources into the offensive line. Yeah. So it, it you know, it, it's them reverting to type, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, oh, it's a definitely. It's a, it's a hundred percent a Dolphins pick. Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Yeah. Take your pick. I'm going to do what I what I threatened to do had I had I been the Titans. Um, Jared Goff isn't long for this world as an NFL starter. So, Malik Willis, please. Fair enough. But <laughs> you say so. You say Jared Goff is not long for this world. Is Malik Willis ready? No. To, so, you you say one one year behind Jared Goff, and then and then it's Malik Willis time. Yeah, and and, and this was this was you know poetically this was the pick that the Rams gave to the Lions to take <laughs> Goff off the hands. And uh, you know what better way to to stick it to them than uh, pick up his 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 uh, his replacement? And I mean, 
the Lions will be in a situation that the San Francisco 49ers have not been in, in that the Lions are probably not going to be a great football team. Goff isn't going to be great at quarterback and people are going to be clamouring for, for Willis to see the field. And he, and he isn't ready yet, no. but he's a high ceiling player. He's, 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 he's one of those quarterbacks that like Goff, he's going to be good in play action, but unlike Goff, he's far more mobile. And oh. so I, I think in terms of learning behind Goff in, in how to utilise play action, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know how Detroit fans will feel about it, but I, I don't really care. No, do you know what? I think Detroit fans would be happy with it if he was to start because mm-hmm. they want they 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 need they need a different quarterback. Let's be honest with you. Oh, and, and like I've alluded to a couple of times, I don't think he's ready, but he's not far off. He's not. I'm not saying he's a developmental talent that has to sit. I think we've seen in his time at Liberty that he can make plays he's as you say he's incredible with his feet and he has got a good arm especially on those middle of the field throws it's it's his consistency and his his overall timings that concern me and when you're on a team like the lions you're not going to have any time so i don't know yeah I, I don't hate it. I just I don't I don't like the fact that he's either gonna have to start straight away or he's gonna have to sit behind Jared Goff. None of neither of those is a good scenario. For, for he's Florida. got the same concerns that Jordan Love had. The the difference is it's a very different landing spot. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's me to uh to wrap it up with the Chiefs at thirty two. Um and I mean what what we said luxury pick or are we going for I don't know. Well, the last I'm... time they were in this position, they went luxury pick and took Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and that not entirely sure that has panned out exactly how they wanted. No. So perhaps this should be a sensible one. Maybe, but I'm not going to do that. Yes, no, I do. You know what? I'm leaning towards a wide receiver here. I think is is. No, that's a luxury on the Chiefs. It is, it, it is, it, uh, yeah, it is a luxury. It is a luxury. Uh, what else? Maybe cornerback, but what cornerbacks are left on my boards? God can see one. I've already, I've just <laughs> clocked him straight away. He, and yeah. to be fair, I have got him at twenty-four. He is. If I'm going for best player available on my draft board, it should be this guy. And then that's probably more of a luxury than taking a wide receiver. Or do I go edge? Because there is an edge that's not far behind him and they could probably then they could do with an edge as well. No, I'm gonna go I am gonna go cornerback. I'm gonna go Trent McDuffie from Washington and um and shore up that that cornerback because what they got Mike Hughes and that's about it really, isn't it? They've got Ward and, and DeAndre Baker, but are they are they the answers? No, probably not. And um, yeah, Trent McDuffie, I mean, Tom, we spoke about him a number of times last year and we thought that he was going to be coming out. He, he didn't. He ended up staying in school for another year. And I, I think that's that's not, that's done him a world of good because he's just improved as the year as the year's gone on from an already great cornerback that's on the, in the run game, run defense in particular is where he really thrives. He's a great tackler. He is a he shreds blocks from it from wide receivers with ease, um, 
and he's good at reading the game and his reactions are, are right up there with the best of them when it comes to dissecting and getting to the play. And I think Dan, be, Daniel if, Jeremiah Ash has got him as a top 10 player. And do you know what? Um, maybe a little bit high, but it doesn't surprise me because it's definitely there. It's definitely there. I think I've seen him struggle at times when he's come up against those big wide receivers. That's that's times where he has struggled because of his size, because he's not the biggest guy. Um, I think he's just under six foot. That could have an adverse effect on him. But everything else about his game uh, is impressive to me. And I, I don't think the Chiefs would be at all concerned if it was uh, if it was McDuffie that, that landed with them there. I, I can see him. Like obviously, he's already a good talent. Anyway, I can see him blowing up in the combine. You know, when he puts up um, puts up numbers. You know, like like you mentioned, he's so athletic. He's not like he's not the biggest guy, but his um, his leap is unbelievable, and um, he gets up right high and he can like, make players on the ball. And obviously, Huskies have had a really obviously <laughs> I hate saying it. They had a bad season this season, but that's nothing to do with the past defense. They they were unbelievable, and I think they're in the top five still in college on. Um, how many passing yards he let, and he's, he was a big part of it. And yeah, he's he's, he's a, a freak of an athlete, you know, speed wise and stuff. And there is some stuff to work on, like you mentioned, you know, up against big bodied um, receivers. But I think um, I think he definitely. I'm not sure about top ten pick. I can see it, but definitely first round pick, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, he's first round for me as well. First round talent, definitely. Well, that's it. All thirty two picks. Ash, are we going to have a run through, or are we just going to uh, <clears throat> let no, the no. I think, the video? No, I think we should. I think we should have a run through. Do you want me to? Uh, do you want me to do it, or do you want to? Do no, want to carry it? on. It's in front of you. It is in front of me. You're not wrong. So we'll we'll speed through them. At number one, Jacksonville Jaguars took Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. Detroit Lions at two took Aiden Hutchinson, edge from Michigan. At three, the Texans chose Kayvon Thibodeau, edge from Oregon. The New York Jets, with their first pick, took Carl Hamilton at number four, safety from Notre Dame. The Giants, with their first first round pick, took Kenyon Green, offensive guard, Texas A&M, at number five. The Panthers do what the Panthers do and took quarterback Sam Howell at number six from UNC. <laughs> the Giants' second pick of the draft at number seven, they took George Karolatis at the edge from Purdue. What is he, the Greek freak, Tom, did you say? Is that his nickname? That's the one. <laughs> the Falcons at eight took Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. Stocks Broncos took Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah at nine. The Jets' second pick of the draft was Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback from Clemson. And then Washington, again, do what Washington do and took a quarterback in the first round with Matt Corral <laughs> from Mississippi. At 11, the Vikings took David Ajoba at number 12, edge from Michigan. The Browns took Drake London, wide receiver at 13. The Ravens took Akeem Ekwanu, offensive tackle slash guard at number 14 from NC State. Eagles, with their first of three picks in quick succession, took Tyler Lindenbaum, center from Iowa at 15. They then followed that up at 16 with the cornerback Ahmed Gardner from Cincinnati. At 17, Herbert got himself another weapon in Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver from Ohio State. Back-to-back wide receivers here. 18, the New Orleans Saints took Traylon Burks, a wide receiver from Arkansas, much to Tom's dismay. And then Eagles, with their third pick in the first round at number 19, took Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. 
Pittsburgh Steelers get their quarterback of the future, Kenny Pickett, staying in town, quarterback from Pittsburgh. 21, New England Patriots took a New England Patriots player, Daxton Hill, <laughs> safety out of Michigan. Raiders took a risk like they always do, and another Alabama wide receiver like they always do. 22, Jamison Williams. 23, Arizona Cardinals took Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. The Cowboys at 24 took DeMarvin Leal, defensive tackle from Texas A&M. It was back-to-back defensive tackles. The Buffalo Bills took Jordan Davis at number 25, defensive tackle from Georgia. Tennessee Titans got themselves a weapon in Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State at 26. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be losing their quarterback, but they've got themselves a cornerback at 27 with career Alam from Florida. Green Bay Packers. Broke Bengals hearts at number 28, take a Trevin Pennin, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. The Bengals took Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State at number 29. Miami took another defensive, uh, sorry, another offensive tackle, Darian Kennard from Kentucky. The Lions chose Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty, as they <laughs> would do, because, you know, who needs a quarterback that's ready to start now? And the Chiefs. Round it up at number 32, Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. Very well done, sir. Very well done indeed. Thank you much, Lee. Not many trip-ups at all. <laughs> First mock draft, boys. How do we think it went? Some surprises. Uh, yeah. I, do you know what? Most of the players that have been selected, I'm not surprised have gone in the first round. Some selections to certain teams may be a bit surprising. But you're welcome. <laughs> no, no. I think I think we've uh, I think we've all had a, a one or two. But uh but I'm not yeah, there's no there's no real surprises here for me um in terms of the actual players themselves. There are is there anyone that you're surprised hasn't been selected? Trent McDuffie was the person I was looking at when, when it came to you, Ash, that I thought this is the person that teams are gonna be ringing up the Jaguars for to, to trade mm. up and take him first pick. Yeah. Beyond that, there's, there's 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 not a huge amount sort of sort of standing out. I mean, I can see David Bell being a late yeah. first rounder. Um, after that, not really. There's there's not there's, there's nobody sort of standing out to me as an, an absolute first rounder that that didn't get picked. No, uh, f- uh, for me, you you mentioned in there, David Bell is on the cusp. Um, and then Kingsley and Agbar, the edge from South Carolina, I think is possibly in contention. I think we're we're so focused on those top three or four defensive ends in this class. And Agbar's getting a bit overlooked, but he's got a first round grade for me. Um, and then, I mean, Carson Strong as well. I mean, he's <laughs> he's got he's got to be up there, surely. No, gen- genuinely, I am a massive fan of Carson Strong. I just think. The, the other the, the three quarterbacks that have gone in this in this draft are above him currently for me in my own personal top 100 um but yeah still a big fan and, and if Pittsburgh go for him over over Kenny Pickett I won't have any issues with that I, I'm hugely surprised that after you know we saw Joe Burrow go number one after the season he had at LSU and then Bailey Zapp goes out and beats it all and nobody's talking about Bailey Zapp in the first round it's absolute craziness <laughs> but no you're right. I don't think there's been anybody that's been left out in a dramatic fashion. But it's um, it was good. It was intense. I found it incredibly testing at times. But I, I think we all came away winners, which is 
which is good. I think the real winners is Rush Nation because we've managed to prize Tom back onto the podcast. So it's been an, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back, buddy. We hope you'll come back lovely, again. Mate. You know the door the door is always open. We always appreciate your presence. So please do come back and say hi more often. Absolutely. Well, you know, free agency is going to come along and and deem this entire process absolutely, you know, null and void. So uh, that is you know we'll have to true. come back and do it again after free agency. Hundred percent. Well, on that bombshell, George, there's not much left to say, is there? I mean, he's destroyed the exit gates right there. Honestly, no, George. Thanks for coming back. I'm pleased to manage to get a Utah player for Broncos. Bit of back twelve love in there. If no one else did, it's uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for coming back. Oh, thank you for having me on. And yeah, we always get a few pack twelve, even if it's not any of you three. I'll get one in. <laughs> Ash. As always, mate, thank you for running the machine. You did a sterling job with the recap as well. Rush Nation, don't forget to head over to the website. Mock drafts are dropping. Tom has dropped two now. Jord almost had one drop and then told me not to because he wanted to update it, which is fair enough. Thanks for that, buddy. And uh, there'll be player profiles and stuff in there very soon. From Ash, from Tom, from Jord, and from myself, this has been the first five-yard college mock draft. Saturdays are for rushing two. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.